This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Good morning. It is Monday, March 15th. You're listening to the College Football Daily. My name is Trey Scott. I hope everyone had a great weekend. It was awesome to have college basketball on Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Have Selection Sunday on CBS last night. It has a healing quality to it seeing all all the basketball and and getting to do the rites of the rites of passage that we do every single march make a bracket fill it out and i think it's just a a cool reminder compared to what we didn't have last year and and how horrible the entire year was to to come 12 months later and and be getting to get a little bit back to normal in the sports world so i i can't wait for this week today on the college football daily we're going to be talking to steve Wolfong, the national director of recruiting for 24 7 sports about his recent trip to New Orleans to have a sit-down conversation with Arch Manning, the class of 2023 quarterback, son of Cooper, nephew of Peyton and Eli, grandson of Archie. Uh, Steve's feature story on Arch from last week uh, was by far the most trafficked recruiting article on the 24-7 Sports Network in the last week and a half. And the headline, you should go read it. We'll try to include it in the show notes. More than a famous name, Arch Manning beginning to carve his own legacy. And it, it sure does seem like Arch Manning will be on the Mount Rushmore of most famous recruits ever. This is a, That's a theory I've floated before here on the College Football Daily. I remember talking to Wilt Fong and Charles Power about the emergence of Arch and how do you handle ranking a kid like this and how do you handle the recruitment. And Steve's very involved in covering the recruitment. And as he tells us in our upcoming conversation, you have to handle it carefully. You can't, this isn't a normal recruit. You can't just be like, here's his top five, take it to the Instagram. No, uh, the the family would not like that. They understand how, how much interest Arch Manning's drawing. They understand the process for him is unlike any other player in the class of 2023 or really any class we've ever seen before. So stay tuned for that conversation. We'll we'll run through a few of the newsy items from the weekend in college football. And a lot of this stuff hit on Friday, and then we'll take a quick break and and listen to Wilt Fong on Arch Manning. We'll start with this. It seems like there are some big changes that could be coming to college football over time. The NCAA Rules Committee is proposing that college football teams will be required to run two-point plays after scoring a touchdown in the second overtime. So instead of the third overtime, it would be the second overtime. And then get this, would run nothing but alternating two-point plays if the game goes three overtimes or longer. That rule is currently for the fifth overtime. But, I mean, man, man, three overtimes, that's relatively common. We could be getting a lot of two-point shootouts in our near future. And by relatively common, I just mean, like, you'll see that every once in a while. Once the game goes to overtime, I think it's stay there for a while. And I understand they, they don't want, we don't want a repeat of set the 7 OT deal for LSU A&M from the 2018 season. We don't want that to happen again. And, and the rules changed last year to create that two point shootout. That's that helps too. But I don't know. I'm two point plays after two overtimes. That's it's pretty different to me. And a quick tangent, by the way, 
I go for it anyway. I don't want my coach kicking extra points in overtime. So we'll see what happens. Uh, the rule changes must be approved by the NCAA Playing Rules Oversight Panel. That's a name, which is scheduled to discuss the recommendations on April 22nd. It feels like it's just been a really bad few months for Tennessee. Well, it doesn't just feel like it. It absolutely has been. Some more stuff this week. And three football players have been suspended indefinitely by the school after being arrested on drug charges. Those three players are second-year linebacker Martavius French, who did not play in 2020, and incoming recruits Aaron Willis and Isaac Washington. And Willis, get this, was a big-time land, number 137 player in the 24-7 sports composite. Those three players were among five people arrested on charges of simple possession and unlawful drug paraphernalia, according to the UT police log posted Friday. And again, all of those players have been suspended from team activities pending a further review. Stadium's Brett McMurphy tweeted out last week that Nebraska was looking to get out of playing Oklahoma in advance of their game this September, which is set to commemorate the 50th anniversary of the game of the century when top-ranked Nebraska beat number two Oklahoma. There are a lot of game of the centuries. That is is apparently one of them. Uh, Nebraska, for trying to get out of this thing, got appropriately roasted. Who tries to get out of an anniversary game? Who tries to get out of a game, period, against an arch rival? You don't do that. That's a horrible look. Athletic director Bill Moose needed to do some damage control because of it. So he put out a statement saying the team wanted to get out of the trip to Norman, not because the Huskers are scared of being crushed, but because they wanted to instead schedule a non-conference home game for the 2021 season. And here's a little bit of his statement. Maybe I've varied the lead here. Nebraska and Oklahoma will still play. Nebraska is not getting out of it. But Bill Moose says, due to the economic devastation caused by the pandemic to Husker Athletics and the local community, our administration did explore the possibility of adding an eighth home game this fall. It would have helped us mitigate cost-causing measures, provided a much-needed boost to our local community, but ultimately, the decision was made to move forward with the game at Oklahoma in 2021, unquote. Again, this will all come back around. This is a home-and-home home schedule. I'm glad they're playing. I get the sentiment to add a home game to local economy, boost it. But once again, they'll eventually get that game in Lincoln. And this is this is a big game. You, you, don't, you don't walk out and cancel this game, especially with just a few months to go. And our last news item here, Kansas is tabbing Emmett Jones as interim coach as the school moves on from Les Miles and, in addition, moves on from athletic director Jeff Long, who hired Les Miles. Les Miles did not do a good job at Kansas on the field, and his off-the-field allegations that came out almost two weeks ago now about his time at LSU uh, and his uh, inappropriate behavior toward women had him and Kansas separating last week. I like this move for Emmett Jones. He's 46 years old. He's been a high school football coach in the state of Texas, Kansas recruits Texas, and he's extremely popular with recruits and extremely popular with players. He coached under Cliff Kingsbury for four years at Texas Tech, and who knows what's going to happen with Kansas's head coaching search? Is it a coveted job? Who's going to be running it? I would imagine it's this is the slow burn here. We go 81st, then we go coach. Hey, let's let's let Emma Jones do this thing in the offseason and then on the field this fall because he's going to be in the mix for the head coaching job anyway. Kansas needs to make the right hire. This is a 
a perfect way to vet Emmett Jones and maybe see if he's worth the full-time job. And for now, this is pretty cool too. He is the second minority coach in the Big 12, joining Baylor's Dave Aranda and the uh, only current active African-American coach. So good for him and good for Kansas. I like the move a lot. It is an inspired choice. Okay, we're going to take a quick break on the College Football Daily, and then we will get to what you've been waiting for, my conversation with Steve Wolfong about his trip to New Orleans to talk to Arch Manning. The College Football Daily will be right back. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Bringing in Steve Wolfong right now. Steve, you are a week removed from your trip to New Orleans to chat with Arch Manning and check out Isidore Newman. You were sending me some photos. It looked pretty awesome being there before we dive into Arch and his recruitment. Just set the scene for... um, for one of the more iconic high schools, I guess, in, in, in the United States of America. Yeah, I like being in those kind of atmospheres with the old wood floors in the hallways. And I'm sure that building hasn't changed much since 1903 or whenever it was built by Isidore Newman himself. So it was just a cool ambiance, uh, kind of that uh, antique vintage feel. Uh, around that place uh, and, and even the football stadium just kind of hanging out outside on the field where I spent most of my time was it's was, it just a got a nice ambiance to it what has changed since Cooper and Peyton and Eli play there I guess the nothing really except for they put Manning on the gates yeah I think that they are in the process of remodeling some stuff now bleachers and maybe the old gym don't quote me on any of that there is going to be some remodeling going on but I was like don't remodel too much man this place has just got a historic landmark type feel to it for sure well we won't quote you on that so this visit how did this go down steve you you met with arch during a lunch break or a practice or what yeah just met them on their lunch on the field coach nelson stewart arch manning and and a few of his teammates and and got a chance to spend about an hour there chatted with arch the most and and you know was in and out flew in the night before flew out that evening how does Arch compare to other young or 2023 class prospects that you might have had a chance to talk to? Did you get a sense that he had been coached up to be to be relatively reserved? Because I'm sure the family knows like, hey, Arch, if you give Steve Woltfong a soundbite about any of these schools, and if you make it seem like you have a favorite or a leader, it's going to kind of blow up the internet. Did he seem like he had any professional media training yet? Well, I'll be honest, he even gave me a soundbite. I would have been reluctant to run it because I just it wouldn't have been fair to the kid who maybe was doing one of his first interviews. You, you know, I mean, you take sure. the article I wrote, Trey, and I see other other websites have aggregated that article like three to four different ways. Here's the schools Arch Manning talked about one aggregation. Here's who Arch Manning models his game after two aggregation. And it's like, damn, I understand the interest in Arch Manning, but I just 
already feel bad about the the direction that this is going to go in. But comparing him to uh, Malachi Nelson and Dante Moore, who are the other two extremely coveted quarterbacks in this class, and all three have been invited to play in the All-America Bowl, the, all three of those guys have really impressed me with how mature they are. Malachi Nelson's from Los Alamitos, California. He's as talented as signal callers I've seen in a camp setting, regardless of class, uh, over the last two years. Uh, looking forward to seeing what he does on the field this spring with his season beginning soon. And then Dante Moore from Detroit, Martin Luther King, which in its own right is a historic football program there in the heart of Detroit. And uh, he's going to be a special story, I think, because Trey, when's the last time have you seen a kid from an inner city like that at that position be so sought after? So Dante Moore is just going to be fun to follow his journey as well. But the maturity that all three of those guys have. But for Arch, you know, I think that he was pretty candid with the schools that he's talking to the most and, and schools he wants to go see and schools he's got to report with and definitely emphasize that he's on his own journey. And this isn't going to be, this car isn't pointed towards Oxford or, or Knoxville. Uh, he, he's he's doing his own thing and, and making his own relationships. And I think his family is all about it being his own life. I, you know, I mean, certainly he's got some terrific people he can lean on that have been through it. Uh, a number different of ways, but I don't think he's going to, you know, I think that everybody around Arch is, it's about the first name and, and we've written that before. It's not about the last name. So Arch's journey is going to be dictated on what Arch feels. Well, first of all, let's put a clipboard in that inner city angle, Steve. I love that in the age of suburban quarterback growth and, and getting these kids trained up at a ripe age and, and getting year round training. I, I think that's, that's awesome. And, and then back to Arch, you said it's it's about the first name, not the last name. But he does. He does. It seems in, in reading your piece, Steve, and, and watching him play and, and the uniform number he wears, like I think he, he does a nice job of balancing being his own kid, but also it almost feels like a like a respect, like a, a respect for the game and for every single person who's played quarterback in his family. And, and then the other greats, too. He mentioned Trevor Lawrence and Patrick Mahomes as guys who then got aggregated by other sites of, that he looks up to. But it, it certainly seems like he's he's at least not shying away from being a Manning. No, no question. They're the first family of football in the United States. And it was even cool to hear him pay homage to his grandfather, Archie, for just how connected to the game he still is and what an ambassador he, he believes his grandfather is for the football game and how he stays connected to the current players. And, and, and so I think that he takes great pride in, in that. And, and also just to hear, you know, I asked him who he modeled his game after and he went to his family first, you know, and talked about Peyton and the amount of film study that Peyton put in and the command that Peyton had on, on the offense. So, you know, that's something that Arch really wants to do at Isidore Newman next year is to know every little wrinkle of, of what they're doing going into his junior year. And then Eli, he just pointed to how clutch he thought his uncle Eli was. And certainly we've seen Eli come up in some of the biggest moments in football, clutch throws in Super Bowls and in cha NFC championship games. And, and so Eli has certainly risen to the occasion at the biggest moments. And, and so those are the things that he admired most about his, his uncle. But his dad, you know, pointing to his dad, his dad is the you know laid back guy, keep it fun. And, and and you can tell that he's having a lot of fun uh, getting a chance to see him interact with some of his teammates. They, they you know, he seems to have some great bonds with those guys and, and uh, they seem to have a lot of fun being around each other. Yeah, he had some of that Manning humor too, Steve, in what he was telling you about his uh, his basketball abilities, right? Like he's not out there being James Harden, but he, he enjoyed 
Like, I think he was proud of, of scoring two a game or something. Well, that's what his coach said. His coach said he's got to stop saying that two points a game. It's like he's proud of averaging only two points per game. And they said that he's just passing up shots. I asked him what his rebounding and assist numbers were, and he didn't he didn't know. He's like, I don't really keep track of those. I guess it's pretty easy to keep track of one bucket a game. But he is a starter. He, he plays on the number one. He knows they're the number one seed. They were the number one seed going into the tournament. Uh, he's a starter, not the point guard. He's more of a forward ish he said but he he's not hunting his shot out there but on the field you know i watched him play like four games this year and he's fiery uh out there he's all he's ultra competitive but within that he he's he's pretty calm when the play's going on and, and keeps a good head about himself and they had a really good year you know he went from freshman year being in shotgun most of the time uh to sophomore year being in a more methodically paced offense under center more play action and and, and so next year they want it to be like a complete blend of everything and just let it rip let's tepidly wade into the recruiting waters as we wrap this conversation up i first want to ask you Maybe the family's concerned about this recruitment becoming some big deal. So that makes me think, Steve, that like all elite quarterbacks in their class, he's going to come off the board sooner rather than later. Not this summer, maybe, but by next spring, you think? Like, there's just no way Arch Manning's taking this to National Signing Day in 2023. No, absolutely not. And Arch Manning, more than anybody's in position to go see these schools, you know, his coach even kind of was like, he wants to go visit Texas for a day. He can easily go do that. It was basically his words. And, and Texas is very much in the thick of it. Clemson, you know, the schools he kind of mentioned the most, you know, Texas coach Sark was the first coach he mentioned in the interview when I asked him who he had a good report with. I think that goes back to coach Sark prioritizing him at Alabama. And it was a smooth transition over to Texas and Bill O'Brien instantly picked up that baton in Tuscaloosa and, and, and coach Saban's been in touch. You got Clemson as a place that he wants to go camp. I think that's the only camp that he has in mind as of right now, but he wants to go visit a bunch of schools, you know, Ole Miss and Tennessee. When I asked him specifically about those two, you know, he said he's had some dialogue with them, but again, the family ties are not going to be relevant in that recruitment. Now that came across as genuine to me, uh, but you know, maybe it's him being guarded with how much he likes one of them, which is fine. That's the, you know, that's what happens with covering recruiting. But I, I think that he was very excited about LSU and, and watching their new coaching staff, their new offensive coordinator over there. And, and, and so those were the schools that he kind of talked about the most in this interview. And things can change. Recruiting's fluid as you build reports, uh, but Alabama Tech Texas and, and LSU, he definitely has a strong relationship with those three. He's talked to Brandon Streeter at Clemson and really likes what they've done with development of guys like Trevor Lawrence. And his ultimate goal is to get where his uncles were and play it at the highest level. And so he wants to be developed. And, you know, his, his head coach said he's on a never-ending quest for knowledge. I mean, there's, he when he's spent hanging out with his friends, they're just hanging out in the yard playing football. He dabbles in golf, but mostly he loves sports and loves football. And, and that's where most of his attention is towards, uh, whether it's his own development, watching others play. And, and uh, his, his decision is going to be based on going to a school where he thinks he can maximize his abilities to continue his, his path to what is hopefully, you know, being an NFL starter at the position and beyond. Excited to see what happens. This isn't the first time we've had you on, Steve, to talk about Arch Manning. It absolutely will not be the last. Thanks. Take care, y'all. Thanks again to Steve. Busy guy. He was back on the road this past weekend in Dallas checking out a recruiting camp, but I'm sure he wishes he was back in New Orleans walking the halls of Isidore Newman and hanging out with Arch Manning. My name is Trey Scott. Our producer is Lance Glenn. Hope everyone has a great Monday. We will talk to you all on Tuesday for the next edition of the College Football Daily. 